Chapter 45 of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Appendix Part 9 The Sisters of Charity. This beautiful poem, descriptive of a sister of charity written by Gerald Griffin, has taken its place among those precious bits of literature that never die. The author was born in Limerick, Ireland in 1803, and began his literary career as a reporter for London Daily. He wrote many novels, a tragedy, and various poems. He died in Cork in 1840. A correspondent whose opinion is valued very highly writes to remind the author of the Angels of the Battlefield that a society of sisters of charity was first established in Dublin by Mary Mother Aikenhead early in this century. It was these ladies, particularly a sister and a cousin of the poet, who joined Mother Aikenhead that inspired Gerald Griffin's beautiful lines. The Irish sisters of charity make perpetual vows, wear veils, and dress somewhat similar to the Sisters of Mercy. They are not connected with any other congregation. The Sister of Charity is as follows. She was once a lady of honor and wealth. Bright glowed on her features the roses of health. Her vesture was blended of silk and of gold, and her motion shook perfume from every fold. Joy reveled around her, love shone at her side, and gay was her smile as the glance of a bride. And light was her step in mirth-sounding hall when she heard of the daughters of Vincent de Paul. She felt in her spirit the summons of grace that called her to live for the suffering race. And heedless of pleasure, of comfort, of home, rose quickly like Mary and answered, I come. She put from her person the trappings of pride and passed from her home with the joy of a bride. Nor wept at the threshold as onward she moved, for her heart was on fire in the cause it approved. Lost ever to fashion, to vanity lost, that beauty that once was the song and the toast, no more in the ballroom that figure we meet, but gliding at dusk to the wretch's retreat. Forgot in the hall is that high-sounding name, for the sister of charity blushes at fame. Forgot are the claims of her riches and birth, for she barters for heaven the glory of earth. Those feet that to music could gracefully move, now hear her alone on the mission of love those hands that once dangled the perfume and gem are tending the helpless or lifted for them that voice that once echoed the song of the vain now whispers relief to the bosom of pain and the hair that was shining with diamond and pearl is wet with the tears of a penitent girl her down bed a pallet her trinkets a bead her luster one taper that serves her to read her sculpture the crucifix nailed by her bed her paintings one print of the crown-thorned head her cushion the pavement that wearies her knees her music the psalm or the sigh of disease the delicate body lives mortified there and the feast is forsaken for fasting and prayer yet not in the service of heart and mind are the cares of the heaven-minded virgin confined like him whom she loves to the mansions of grief she hastes with the tidings of joy and relief she strengthens the weary she comforts the weak and soft is her voice in the ear of the sick where want and affliction on mortals attend the sister of charity there is a friend unshrieking where pestilence scatters his breath 
like an angel she moves mid the vapor of death where rings the loud musket and flashes the sword unfearing she walks for she follows the lord how sweetly she bends o'er each plague-tainted face with looks that are lighted with holiest grace how kindly she dresses each suffering limb for she sees in the wounded the image of him behold her yet worldly behold her ye vain who shrink from the pathway of virtue and pain who yield up to pleasure your nights and your days forgetful of service forgetful of praise yet lazy philosophers self-seeking men ye fireside philanthropists great at the pen how stands in the balance your eloquence weighed with the life and deeds of that high-born maid End of chapter forty five